0: Good morning and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. Took uh, last week off just to have a little bit of a hiatus. And, you know, we talked about doing an episode on being vegan and things like that. We will have those episodes, but the person that we're going to interview for that is kind of booked up a little bit right now. So we decided, you know, as always, we as we're getting our morning steps, uh, what should we talk about? Well, you know, one of the things that we decided to talk about today is transitioning and the transitions that we have at the different stages in our lives, how they look different. And of course, they look different because, you know, each stage of our lives, we're a different person. And with transition, there's always a scary feeling about it, don't you think? Yeah. There's always the fear of the unknown you have to contend with in that when it's, you know, a new thing. Well, I think too, you know, when we transition into something new, you know, I think that we've been taught so many, so much in society that about success and failure. And one of the things I really work with all my clients on is that it's not about failure ever. It really is about practice. We just practice, you know, and sometimes we practice something and we find out it's not our cup of tea. It doesn't mean we failed in it. It means we learned something from it. But I think that perception of society or others is contributes to that scary feeling.
1: Definitely, and I think that that's something that I know that I feel like I'm learning just throughout life is like you say about things being practice, it really is. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, every day is basically, it's practice to become better, to enhance your life in the
0: ways that you can. Absolutely, and the reason we're talking about this is because I've been doing therapy, this is my 22nd year, going on 23, something like that, I don't care. I've even lost count. But one of the things is, is that throughout my career, I've transitioned, uh, started at Community Mental Health, and then went into military family life counseling, which was very different than, and that was kind of a a scary transition for me because it was something, I mean, it was something that was different. I'd I'd worked with military, so it wasn't that, but this was something that was a little bit different because this was really working with, in my case, I worked with kids. So I worked at the CDC's uh, Child Development Centers. And one of the things I did was helping children navigate deployment and reintegration, you know, and all the feelings that are around there. And, you know, I would think about, you know, when I think back and think about the transitions these kids dealt with transitioning to having a parent in the home and then the parent being gone, and then the parent coming back, and sometimes the parent coming back being a different parent. And where did it all fit in? And I just remember, you know, working with them and just how sometimes they were just really scared about everything that was going on. And, you know, it was my job to help them not normalize it, but help the transition be smoother. And so I think about their transition and, and, you know, I really admire those kids and just the.
1: Not just the kids. I always feel like even, yeah, the whole family system and, you know, the spouses and all of the changes that they go through and having to move to different places all of the time and reset up services and those kinds of things, all the stuff that you have to have access to, doctors, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a lot, I feel like. And for as often as they have to do it, I think that would be exhausting.
0: For people who don't know, most military families move around every three years. But even when they're in a location, and particularly like Fort Carson, they deploy a lot. So they're here, and they might not see that parent. So that other parent learns to parent independently, and then the other parent comes back in, and then I, how do we transition that person back in? So there's a lot of transitional pieces to it, and and there is a lot of anxiety. It's very anxiety-provoking for them.
1: It's a lot of moving parts.
0: <laughs> it is, and it's hard to keep track of the moving parts sometimes. But it, and it just helps you. I think, you know, working with the military and stuff, it really has helped me to have a different appreciation for transitioning and that we can transition from things successfully. Right. But I think we we get so used to doing what we do. It's like you get that job and you stay at that job and sometimes you hate the job. But it's so much what you know you get up you go to work you know what you're doing you know you push this button that button whatever it is that you do and we come become so complacent with it but we're not happy with it
1: well and that becomes the comfort zone because it's what you know so sometimes then you're afraid to venture out and, and try something new
0: so i think there's that piece and then the uh, the flip side of that is is when you love what you do but you want to transition because i love what i do i love it love it and you would have to love it to have done it for twenty two years, I would think. <laughs> I hope. I really don't go to my job ever. I don't go there thinking, Oh my god, I hate my job. I, you know. I love what I do. So that's why for me, you know, at this point in my life, I'm looking I we transitioned into doing the podcast, which was very different for us. And it took us a while. We had to do a lot of self talk and all talk to each other and say, you know, is this something you want to do? And it is. And we love now doing the podcast because we, it's very fulfilling for us. And we, and I hope, you know, our hope is that it's fulfilling for everybody who's listening. That's the goal and, and loving that. And now we're talking about adding another piece to that. So it's not, it's transitioning, but not transitioning. It's transitioning into another role, into another type of role within, we're still within our business. And that's, I'm getting ready to transition into life coaching which is different than therapy.
1: Right. And that's, I mean, I've only been on this journey with you doing private practice for the past, what has it been, seven years or whatever, if that long. But anyway, I really feel like that it's been great for us. And, but now learning this new piece and what that's going to look like, that's been interesting for me.
0: Well, and I think it's always great, you know, and if you can transition and have that support of somebody, I think that is the biggest thing. And how do we help people transition? And the part of life coaching, and and it's something that I really love, is helping people transition to their next step. It's that next goal, that next phase of their life. What do they see? How do they see it and how do we, and you know, as the life coach, how do I get to help them meet that expectation?
1: Planning for it and how you um, come up with, you know,
0: the ways that you're gonna make it happen. I think that's exciting. And I always appreciate that you're on this journey with me because we were talking this morning, you were there, I try to explain life coaching to her and how it's different than therapy. And for me, I understand what it is because it's a very different mindset. And But for you, you couldn't wrap your mind around that.
1: I get it to a degree, but I, I like I told you, I wanted to do some more research and have a better understanding of exactly how the what the difference is between the service that you're providing currently and what you'll be moving that to.
0: Yeah. And we talked about, you know, in that transition thing, you know, there's already anxiety about those kind of things. And, and I think that when we see other people transitioning, you know, whatever that is, you know, and I always think of our friend Kathy, who transitioned into a uh, private practice and they're, you know, having that anxiety around, oh my God, am I going to get clients? You know, I mean, there's all these things that go through your head. If I don't get enough clients, how am I going to pay my bill? You know, all those things that go on. And one of the things that I told her is, We're going to be there to help you. We're not going to let you sink. I tell people, if you know the process and you see somebody else getting ready to do that process, don't make them reinvent the wheel. Help them out.
1: Yeah, it's always good when you have somebody that, you know, has some insight to what you're trying to create. And if you can provide that for them, I think that
0: that's a great way of paying it forward. I agree. And I think when I say a team, the other... Therapist. So, a huge shout out to Heather Campbell, who's part of our team, Kathy Weber, Kathy Grenlin, and Sylvia Scheiberg. That is our group, that is our team. I think we're extremely supportive of each other, bounce ideas off of each other. We don't make the other one reinvent the wheel. Right. We really are about everybody being successful, you know, and I think those are the key things. Our lease is up in uh, May, and so. Right now we're all together, but that's another transition piece for us. And so it's like, oh, how do we transition that? How do we decide what we're going to do next? Because, you know, we're doing so much telehealth work right now. We don't need to lease an office and that. And Sylvia wants to go off and do some amazing stuff. And hopefully we'll have her on a podcast talking about the amazing stuff she's going to do, because it's kind of alternative healing and stuff like that, which I think is really a neat thing in, uh, you know, as far as helping mental health and those kind of things as well. Not sure what Weber's going to do yet. <laughs> but, you know, I know that for Kathy, gee, she's just happy to be able to get back up north, you know, and it's about time. Time is precious to us too, you know, and, and we have to look at that with, you know, sometimes people when they're in those jobs and they don't feel like they have time for anything, and oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients, you know, if they love reading, have you been reading? Oh, God, I just don't have time. I
1: think that sometimes that that's what spurs some of these transitions is when you start to prioritize things and you realize you want more time for this versus this. So you're not just nose to the grindstone, so to speak, all of the time. And I think that like, even for Kathy, gee, that's probably where she's at. You know, she's looking at moving her, her business a little closer to home. It's not so much travel time, you know, she's taking all those things into consideration. And I think that's a great way of, prioritizing
0: and figuring out what it is that's important to you so you know how to make these changes. And I think that's the other thing, you know, you have to have a plan. But when you sit down and if you're constantly saying something like something that you love to do and somebody's asking about, I don't have time, then that's a really good indicator to you that something probably should change. Right. But then again, we get so complacent and we get so comfortable and we get so afraid of change.
1: Even though sometimes you're unhappy in the situation, even though, and it's just like you say, it's that comfort zone. And
0: sometimes you have to move outside of that to realize how much better things can be. One of my clients were working right now because she's developing a business plan. So because she wants to do her own independent business, she loves accounting. She loves numbers. I don't get that to me. Anybody who loves numbers, that would be a diagnosis on its own for me because I am not a numbers person <laughs> <laughs> at all. But, and I always tell it, you got to have a plan. Is there anxiety around it? Yeah, that's why we're talking. Because there is anxiety. It's like a huge undertaking for her. How do I do this? How do I do this? And some parts she didn't know. And they're like, well, you know, can you look at this? Can you look at um, virtual offices? Can you look? And so did a little bit of that this week with her. How do you do some of those things? Because the things that we feel like we have more control over will cause our anxiety to go lower. Kind of like with you going and doing the research around coaching, like do, doing life coaching.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then it just getting ideas about how to promote it and have an idea of what the the services are that
0: you're providing. You know what I mean? That was important for me to get clear about that. Exactly. And you know when you use that term "get clear," that's what it is. I tell people we have to get clear about what it is that is important to us. Once we have that clarity, it's not. Total clarity. But once we start getting that clarity, then we start making those changes. And we start making changes when we start realizing our life, we're not doing in our life the things that we really love. Or we start having resentment. Then we're just angry. And then we're depressed. And then we're moody with everybody else. And then, you know, all of this snowball effect starts happening. Instead of sitting down and saying, what is it that I'm lacking? What is it that I've given up that I am resentful about having to give up? And once you do that, then you can look at how do I change something in order to have some of that. Our thing, like we always talk about, and y'all know, is travel. Absolutely. You know, we love travel. And it's one of those things. And it's so funny because my clients actually were talking to me, not that long ago, aren't you due for a vacation soon? (laughs) (laughs) because they track it with me, because they go, they know I go on vacation about every three to four months. Since 2020, that hasn't happened.
1: (laughs) So, well, we've really tried to make that a priority, especially because of the type of job that you do. I feel like it's easy for you to get depleted after so much time. You know, you start to feel drained, because you're, you're helping problem solve a lot of times and things like that. And I think that it's good for you to take mental health care of yourself, <laughs> too. So I think that through vacationing and traveling, that's that's really beneficial for you.
0: And I think that's a key thing you said, mental health care, because I think that's what it is. When people actually get to the place of transitioning into that next phase of their life, about looking at what what truly is important to me, that mental health care, I think is huge. And physical care, because those two things kind of go hand in hand with each other. Is that, you know, I'm feeling sluggish. I don't... Whatever that is, mental health and that physical will have an interaction. Yeah. And being able to say, okay, I got to do something different. Then the anxiety kicks in too. Right. (laughs) Because then it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't have any skills. And I mean this, and you know, and I see this with my client. it starts this kind of snowball effect in them. Well, it's right away. It's change. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, what if I do it and what if I invest and it's not what I think it is? Well, then you figure out a different way to do it. And I think that's the thing is, and I tell people, you can do transition in baby steps. We did that. Absolutely. I was, they there like, I am not going to go and just open up a private practice and not have a security blanket. (laughs) Just winging it. (laughs) Um, So I was very fortunate because I worked my other job and the days I worked at my other job still allowed me to have Saturday and Monday to where I could start having. And once again, grateful to, to Kathy Weber and Sylvia Shire and Heather. They said, you know, we're renting a space. You can come use my office on these days. So I didn't have to go look for stuff. So it was just amazing to have that piece. Having those resources
1: was so helpful. It was absolutely One of the most important things I feel like, and I think it was good that you could have that transition period from, you know, like you said, working the the job that you were, and then being able to transition into a private practice, only taking two days of the week to do it. That was those baby steps to making the bigger dream happen.
0: Well, and we needed to do baby steps too, because you needed to learn everything there was about insurances and billing and all that. So you needed that time. I needed the time to shift from having an organization to me being the organization, right? which was within itself a little daunting at moments, but that baby stepping and then having those people along the way who help and encourage you was tremendous because then I could do it. I could start getting the feel of what that was. And then I remember when we said, okay, we're ready to do this. We're going to make this transition. And I think for me, the transition was quicker after my parents passed, because that was such a significant thing for me that I think it was, okay, well, how bad can it be? Because for me, I'd already been through something that was really pretty bad for me. And I thought I survived it. And I feel like I needed to do something different because I didn't want to keep doing the same thing and not Following that dream and we had talked about having a private practice for many years Yeah, and you so, know about the goal.
1: Yeah Sometimes it's things like that that happened that cause you to reprioritize and understand that like you say for you Even in that instance you knew for sure Not that you didn't know before that you wanted to transition into doing a private practice But it became that
0: much more important because you don't want to waste time, right? I really think that is what it is. You start to realize, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to. You're living now
1: and you want to be able to do the things that you love. And if you have a dream to do something, you should definitely at least put the effort in to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's what it is. I think for me, it became that thing of, we kept talking and we kept putting it out, putting it out. And I think there, part of it was that anxiety and that fear around how is this going to work? We were looking for office space. I mean, there was all this stuff that went on. There were all these little weird things that just happened in life daily. And realizing we needed a new office when Sylvia calls me and I'm, we're shopping and she's kind of like, uh, we got a problem. And they're like, what? She goes, I'm in therapy and somebody is like putting a hole in the wall. And so I go over there. Well, and what are you doing? They had... Leased out our office, and we're enlarging the office. It started renovating. It well, started renovating while we were still in the office, <laughs> so it was very crazy. So we had to make a fast move, <laughs> and talk about anxiety provoking, but we did it. Yeah. Yet you know, we did it as a group.
1: Yeah, we were all actively seeking another place to go as quickly as possible,
0: and, and we all had the same level of anxiety. Yeah. It's like oh my god. So we had that piece of it as well, but. I think it was just those things that just started to to catapult more going into that. And I think when you start having the intention, other things start happening to help it fall into place. Because I think when you just stay in that contemplative state, that's where you're always going to stay. There's going to be these barriers because you'll find the barrier to put up with it, put up in the way of that goal because of that fear.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's because... If you don't shift your focus to what it is that you
0: won't want you won't see those opportunities when they come about yeah and i think that you know another big place that people transition is retirement
1: yeah that's the other thing that i was thinking about you know i mean i don't know what kathy's plans are weber but i do know that she's talked about that now and then over the last year or two. So, I mean, I know that that's got to be a weighing on her mind. And I'm sure that is a huge uh, transition for people, too.
0: Yeah, because Kathy's been doing this job for like 35 years or something. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Client who he really did not like his job he was really messing with his mental health, like on a daily. And he would talk about retirement. He would talk about not wanting to be there. And finally, we sat down and had that really hard talk of you have this opportunity to retire or you can stay where you're at. I says, but at the end of the day, will your mental health get any stronger? Because you're not going to change the organization you're with. You're not going to change what's happening. So what do you want to do? Fast forward, he did retire. This was his second retirement. He retired from the military as well. And the thing is, is, you know, we were talking not that long ago and he goes, it was hard for him to remember. He would think, well, what am I going to do? And, you know, he stays busy. He finds stuff. You know, and that's the thing, once again, even with retirement, that's another one of those places. It's a transition going from a working thing to what do I do with my time now? And I tell people, do what you love. Absolutely. It seems like
1: a huge leap, I'm sure.
0: I mean, you've been doing this, you know,
1: whatever it is you do for how long and then to think about doing something like that. Yeah.
0: What do you do with your time? And I think with the thing about jobs is it keeps us That schedule keeps us... I don't know how to explain it because I know when we were off work for the time that we were were unemployed, at first it was hard because you don't track time the same. (laughs) Well, no,
1: and you're so used to a certain structure. It provides a structure, really. And when you don't have it, then you kind of... Maybe at first you get kind of lazy or whatever and you just... Like you say, you're not really keeping track of the time and that. And then you realize... That you kind of have to set a structure for yourself, you know, and
0: get on a routine because... Then it messes with your mental health. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many types of transitions. It's like parents when they take their kids to school for the first time they were used to parenting them all the time and now they're not. And so they're transitioning to a new role and, you know, the kids transitioning into <laughs> being in school. And I know for, for, for first time parents doing that, that, that can be very, very hard on them. Mm-hmm. Transitions and change happen to us constantly, but if they're small, we don't even realize they're happening and we just flow with them. Yeah. But if we perceive it as a big change or transition then we create an anxiety in us. Mm -hmm. It's like a big decision that we feel like we need to make or whatever.
1: I think that is what makes it scarier because you're right. We navigate changes our whole entire life from everything, you know, in personal and business or whatever it is. What I think is really cool right now is that there are so many people that are starting their own businesses and stuff like that. There's a lot to read about that, you know, research that you can do, like just all the different entrepreneurships that are happening
0: now and stuff. And I think that's really cool. And I think I always tell people the important thing you have to do is if you're going into a, say a business venture or whatever, do a lot of research, take that time because it's an investment. And if something is invaluable to us, we should invest in it and investing in looking at all the opportunities, looking at the different things we can do. You know, that's something that we're in the baby steps of, this adding life coaching so it'll take a it'll take a minute cuz we'll we really want to make sure we'll do all the research we'll do all the stuff we have to in order to try to help us be as successful as we possibly can and that's
1: one of the things that I think you and I we always really try to focus on friends and that that are trying to do those kinds of things that are have new startups and stuff we always want to support them yes that's really a big deal for us
0: Well, and I think that's the other thing. I think that when we have that encouragement, you know, like if you're in a community and if somebody opens up a new restaurant, you know, a local restaurant or they open up whatever it is, go support it, go show them, you know, if it's a craft, you know, if there's local crafts that go on, we go to little craft shows here, had a client who she had a little craft business. So we went to their little craft show. Well, she was at the craft show.
1: And believe me, that's really because we knew somebody who was there and who was really trying to do a startup like that because we're not really into craft shows.
0: (laughs) No. So we will go. (laughs) That is how we are, though. We will go outside our comfort zone or what we like if it means it's going to help somebody else out. Yeah. Because we want that support. We appreciate that support of people. We appreciate every single listener. I don't care if it's the same five listeners or if it's 50 listeners. We don't care. We truly have gratitude for each and every one of you that listens to our podcast and supports us.
1: To us, it's an, a successful venture.
0: It has helped even one person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's what it is. It's it's Even if it just provides you with the moment of having white noise in the back, <laughs> that's what you need just need some noise. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, two girls in a pod. We can put that on and <laughs> block out everything. Else. <laughs> We're okay with that. We don't judge. <laughs> yeah. But
1: but even like here in even in for us, even in our community. That is a focus for us as well. There's a lot of new businesses opening here. We always like to try new things and if it's someplace we love, we will take our friends there. We'll go again and again. We will share that experience. Yes, it's important to us for that business to thrive. If it's someplace we enjoy. And sometimes, like you say, it's going out of our comfort zone. Even like last year, here in our city, they opened up Widener Field, which is the new soccer field. And I I didn't know anything about soccer. Not a thing. (laughs) But we decided we were going to get tickets for the season and go and support this because it's that important to us to support our community and be a part of it.
0: And not realizing, too. And, you know, when you do those things, not realizing how it plays out. So when you do those things that are about helping other people transition or being successful or that, for us, we didn't realize that it was also going to give you the opportunity to sing the national anthem there. Yeah, that was something that I don't know
1: why I'd always had the dream to do that, and really wanted to, and I got the opportunity to do that. You know, when they opened up Widener Field, they, they opened up a contest, and, you know, if anybody wanted to sing the national anthem, they could send in a, you know, their little audition, and so I did that. So
0: it was really cool. That was a dream that played out for me through that experience. Well, not only that, I think it also is helping in that transition piece for you of coming out of your shell and and getting rid of anxiety, because talk about anxiety provoking, you know, singing, you know, you barely can sing in front of two people, much less.
1: (laughs) That was, yeah, the biggest crowd of people that
0: I've ever sang in front of was a big deal. And once again, the other really amazing, cool thing is the ladies were there with their families to support and help and say and encourage you in this venture, and how awesome is that? I appreciated that so much. That's why,
1: like you say, there was probably like 20-some people that we knew that got tickets to that game just because I was going to sing the national anthem. And I was so appreciative of that. And that's what I mean is, like like you say, being supportive in that way is
0: so important. Our our goddaughter got to be there. And so it was just such a fun time and it was so much encouragement and it was it's on these multi-layers because not only were they there supporting you it supported the soccer team as well right so it was all these layers and sometimes when you do one thing how it helps in all of these other layers of you know these businesses and stuff like that and once again transitioning isn't always about business we transition when we look at our health and we say I'm going to transition into healthy eating and working out. That's a big transition that a lot of people really struggle with. They almost struggle with that more than they do opening a whole business. <laughs> right. Because it's something that has to be practiced, you know, and, and things like that. And so, you know, when we're talking about these transitions, we're talking about how do we decrease the anxiety around it, though? Now, is there anxiety around this life coaching thing? Mm-hmm. It's not as much as I think it would be if I wasn't a therapist already because to transition into life coaching, and it's something that I, I really love to do. I really love to help people meet goals. I mean, therapeutically, I do that, but it's on such a different level.
1: Well, I think, you know, it's really rewarding to be able to help somebody realize that they are capable of achieving those goals. Yes. That's very empowering. And
0: if you can be a part of that, that's amazing. Well, and I think that's what it is. And, and, you know, and I'm sure some of you listening have been a part of that, have been, had your own times where you transitioned to things and how scary it was and, you know, whether it was retiring or whatever. And then also just knowing those people who are transitioning and, and being supportive of them because we play both roles in this. Both can be so fulfilling in different ways. Absolutely. It's
1: even like our friend, Brandon, who we've had on one of the earlier episodes, but just his music career, he's trying to really build that. And we've gone to a lot of some of his concerts, but another way that we have supported him is he has a recording studio. I've gone and recorded some songs with him and just to be able to support him in that venture. That's been really important to us to be able to do that kind of thing.
0: And then sharing his stuff on our Facebook page, things like that. There are so many ways that we can support. And that's a really small way you, you think about it. I mean,
1: it's okay. It's a reaction on Facebook or something like that, you know, on social media of some sort. But sharing it and doing that, that is, it is a big deal for that person. I think. It does help them and it promotes them. And I feel like if we can do that, even if it's on that small scale, that's really
0: important. We're really excited because we're going to go to a concert uh, of a performer that we follow on. You know, we we found her on Facebook and we follow her now. And she's going to be performing in Denver, April 7th. Yeah. Uh, Snow the product. She's a rapper. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she does Spanish and English, but she's an amazing artist and that we can
0: go and support her. I think that that's amazing. And you know, it's really funny because I, I worked with a kid. She's a young lady now, but she would follow these people. their YouTubers or, you know, and she'd follow them. And then, you know, how happy she was when they made it bigger. And she was on that journey from the time and and then got to go to concerts with at and And just that thing, that support, that one loyal support, that's where it starts with one loyalty. And then it builds from there. And I think that's what it is. But helping those people in those transitions, because like I said, change, whether it's a positive or whether we perceive it as a positive or negative, will still create anxiety. And the thing is, is anxiety I'm not saying that anxiety is bad because we all have anxiety and anxiety is actually good for us because anxiety will promote change.
1: It spurs you to get out of the comfort zone.
0: Yes, but when you're doing big transitions, the anxiety can be a little higher than just (laughs) the good one. And that's the thing. How do you decrease that anxiety? You write down, you plan. It doesn't matter whether you're having anxiety about starting traveling, it doesn't matter whether it's a good thing or whatever. You write it down. You take control of the stuff you can.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what we said earlier about just getting clear about what it is that you want, what you want that to look like, so that you
0: know how to move forward. And then also, I always tell people, do it in steps. Because so many people will look at the end product, so to speak, and it looks very big and daunting. Overwhelming. But if you Break it up and say, okay, well, what are you going to do in the first month? What are you going to do in the second month? Setting those little steps. It's those stepping stones that helps to decrease that anxiety and not make us feel so overwhelmed. Like, oh, my God, there's so much I got to do. I'm not going to be able to do it. That is important. And then talking to somebody about your plan. Right.
1: And like you said, taking those little steps, it's amazing. Even just the small steps that you take. What the sense of accomplishment is that comes from
0: those things, once you do it, it feels like forward motion, even if it's a small step. And I think that's what it is, because, you know, I know for you, sometimes we get into a stuck spot when it comes to insurances, particularly first of the year, those kind of things, or, and so you almost get stuck at that time. But then once it clears, it's like you're a whole different person. You can breathe again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like after January 1st, there's all these changes, you know, people's plans have changed and insurance has made changes to their policies and all kinds of things like that. So it's, there's a slowdown with them and uh, it it, it really is, it can
0: be daunting.
1: (laughs) But once you get past that, yeah, it's
0: like a breath of fresh air. Well, I think the thing is, is you now know that it happens every year. You know what to expect, kind of. Yeah. And in any business, there might be a lull or there might be a, I don't know, a little snag here and there. But if it's something that you've dealt with in the past, you kind of learn to navigate it so it doesn't have as much of that. It's not as anxiety provoking because like the first two years, it was very anxiety provoking for you. Right. Uh, well, part of it was this because one insurance transferred when you work with any government agencies, their fiscal year is October, whereas other transitions are in January. <laughs> so being able to navigate those things and all of that. But once again, it's through practice. Right. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, when we're talking today for people listening is really sit down, write down the things you love. If you're not doing them, then you should be doing them. At least incorporating at least one at a minimum, incorporating that one thing in, making that change, because that really is important because we live our life, not living our life to our fullest potential or or our fullest life because we're living a life based on somebody else's idea or perception. You got to work hard, you got to do all this, you can only do this or that, you know, there's all these limitations that we're taught.
1: You're working from your comfort zone and maybe you don't have a clear picture of what that dream looks like and let, until you sit down And really figure out what your goal needs to be by like what you said, trying to figure out what is it that I love and I want to spend my time doing. So that helps you to prioritize so that you can know what goals to set.
0: You know, one of the things when I do an assessment is one of the questions I ask is, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And sometimes people just rattle them off and then others that they're like, I don't know. Well, what do you do? I work. Okay, but what do you do when you're not working? Well, not much. Well, what did you like to do before? (laughs) Because people, we get so caught up once again in that mundane. We get caught up in that thing of that Groundhog Day. We just do the same thing over and over and over again. You get on the hamster wheel and get stuck there. Yes. And then so when you're asked the question, what is it you like to do? Sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I don't really have any hobbies or stuff. So I'll have them start writing down what is it you love to do? What is it that makes you happy? And sometimes when we talk about what is it that makes us happy, there's almost this thing of why well, shouldn't be doing that because that's being selfish. It's frivolous, or it's a you know exactly waste of time in some way. You know, my thing is is if you're happy as bowling or roller skating or skiing or reading a book, it doesn't matter what it is. You should spend some time doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Because when we get to have those moments, we start to feel better we start to feel more complete. We start to feel like life matters, like we matter. And I think that is really the big thing, taking time to do those things, to do what you love. I really like that about Kathy G, that when she waits for the first snow, her thing is ski season. And she made her schedule To make sure she doesn't miss that time. And I'm there like, that is so cool. And I think that's when I stopped working Saturdays. The reason I stopped working Saturdays, really, you want to know? Because I wanted to go to the farmer's market. (laughs) (laughs) And it was held on Saturday. Well, I think it's great if you can start building your life
1: around, not building your life around a job so much, you know what I mean? Where it's just all about that but you can start, you know, transitioning to the idea
0: of building things around what you like, what you want your life to look like. Exactly. You know, when I worked before, it was hard because I needed time in the weekdays. But I, when I was, we were transitioning into the private practice, I was working Monday through Saturday. And then here's Sunday, and they're like, well, nothing's open on Sundays. You know, so we we've really tweaked our my schedule a lot, you know, and now I do the Tuesday through Friday, 10 hour days, and that works better. And that's been
1: one of the crucial benefits, I feel like in having our private practice. And yes, it was a new thing, a change to make it happen. But we did it and it has been, you know, just I feel like really rewarding.
0: So that's why I feel like it's important for people to explore those ideas. And I agree. And I think we're at this place now with telehealth and stuff, which is really nice because if I want to go sit outside and do telehealth, I can. We have all these new opportunities and stuff. And that and you know, when they talked about this mad exodus from businesses, that's what it was. People finally realized they weren't happy with where they were. They wanted more. They wanted to have more family time. They wanted to have more time doing the things they love to do that never had, that they never could, that employers were demanding a lot of them without giving much back. So it was one of those times of self-reflection of what's really important. And I think we're really seeing
1: that play out. It is like a whole new world because people are realizing that that is more important to them. I just read an article again yesterday about that like, you know, people have gone to working remotely and now they don't want to go back to the office. And, you know, you can't blame them. They've had some time now to sort things out
0: and realize what's more important. Well, and I think the thing when people work remotely, you know, when I talk with people who work remotely, they feel like some of mine are they're like I feel like I get more done. I'm not interrupted by my colleagues. I can go in and get in the zone. I can go get my coffee or my snack and I can still be productive. So they're finding the benefits of that. So once again, for each and every one of you listening, sitting down, writing out those goals, deciding what is it that makes me happy? What is it that I love to do? And then pick one, start little, or if you're adventurous, start big, you know, (laughs) Whatever it is, but part of the thing is, is you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your worth. You have to believe that whatever it is that you desire, those things that are healthy for you and that bring no, that don't bring harm to others, then do them. Do some of those dreams that you wanted to do. Ours was going to doing, we want to go to, <laughs> We want to go to New Zealand and things like that. But the flight is kind of anxiety-provoking for us. So that's why we picked a shorter flight. And we, they're like, okay, we can do nine hours. That's only nine hours in the air, you know, to Europe.
1: That was the longest flight we had done. And yeah. yeah. I had to build up. So <laughs> I am still
0: looking forward to going to New Zealand. But that is a longer flight. <laughs> so, So once again... We had to shorten that up. We wanted to do something that we knew because then it helped. It's that stepping stone. So if I can do nine, then I can do this, then I can do this. So take that time. You're important. You're valuable. And you have to remember that. And you have to remember at the end of the day, each one of you, this is the life that you're living. So it's important for us to live it to the fullest. Do those things that you dream about. Once again, write it out. Talk it out share it with others. And if you can help out those other people, take that time to play it forward, to do those kind things. One of the things is, is, and it's something that I do in my practice and, and I'll continue to do is I, I do some pro bono work with some clients. I think it's important because it's helping them meet those goals And to not have the financial means shouldn't mean that they don't have that opportunity. Those things are important. So once again, taking that time, encouraging others, encourage the people that you love. We're grateful for the people who have helped us along the way, for the encouragement we've gotten from our family and our friends. You know, one of the neatest moments I had, my mom was already in hospice and I had my business card. And she looked at it, and she was so happy to see it. And she looked at it, she kissed it, and she put it in her little special daily prayer book that she had. And that meant so much to me because it meant I had made it, I had done it, and she was around to see it. So there's going to be those fulfilling moments, those moments we get to share and and do all that. So take that time, find that plan, find those things you love. There's going to be some anxiety around the transition, but talk to others to make it less of a transition or less of anxiety and fear or whatever. Live your life.
1: And yeah, exploring those things, I feel like can, you know, just make you be the best version of yourself, finding
0: out what that is. And it can be a little transition if it's, you know what, I'm going to read every Saturday at three (laughs) o'clock or whatever. Take those times, you're valuable, you're important, make it count for you. And as always, we are so grateful for each and every one of you that listens to us. And as always, we would love feedback from you on our Facebook page, topics, whatever. We just really appreciate you and thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And hope you guys all have a wonderful week and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.